You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. Uh, 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter, starting at verse 1. I'm going to try to move expeditiously. That may mean I may not give all my definitions. All right. 1 Samuel 16, starting at verse 1. And the Lord said to Samuel, how long without mourn Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? God has told Saul, Samuel, the prophet, go tell Saul, the first king who I chose, I made a mistake. Let me say, basically God said, I regret that I made him king. You know, when, when I hear those things, it makes me think this. It really, it speaks to our free will. It really does speak to our free will because I believe God chooses people based upon, he looks at our hearts, he sees what's in our hearts, he knows from the beginning who we are, how we're made, that we're dust, and what we're going to do. But then we got some choices. He chooses us, believing, wanting us to obey him and follow him, but we got some choices whether we're going to do that. I think Saul made some bad choices. We know, I'll get into that in the future. He made some bad choices, didn't obey God. God tells him finally, the last test, go kill Agag and everything and everybody connected with him. And he didn't do that and blame that on the people. And God said, it's over. I'm done. He's, so he tells, now tells Samuel, who initially anointed Saul to be the king, now go anoint his replacement. Now I want you to understand here, Saul is still alive. And Saul is still officially operating as king. Okay? Which tells me you can be a squatter in a position that God has canceled you in. Nobody's removed you yet, but God said, I'm not with you. And so Saul is still operating as king. And while he's still alive, while he's still living in the palace, while he's still got the crown on his head, while he's still sitting on the throne, the Lord said to Samuel, how long you going to mourn about, how long you going to cry about him? Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. He is canceled. Fill thine horn with oil, which is the bag or, or horn, rather, that you would go and anoint a king or prophet or someone to be in a position. He said, and I'm going to send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And he didn't say he, he said, go to Jesse's house. I've chosen one of his sons to be the next king. And he didn't know which son it was. Drop down to verse 4. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake. And he came to Bethlehem and when the elders of the city saw the prophets come, they all got scared. Uh, is it, you, you come with good news, bad news. You, what's going to happen here? And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, saying, come thou peaceably. And he said, peaceably, I'm, I'm coming to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves. Come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. Wow. Wow. I never saw this. He sanctified. He anoints each of Jesse's sons. And the one who was chosen wasn't even anointed, wasn't in the official ceremony. Because they never called for David. He anoints each of his sons, which is going to make sense later, 
when we see the New Testament, lay hands on no man suddenly. Because you could anoint the wrong one. And he sanctified Jesse's sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked unto Eliab, Saul's oldest son, and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. This is the one. And the Lord said, not so fast, Sammy. Not so fast, Sam. Look not on his countenance. I'm looking at his face nor on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. You're choosing him because he looks good, but I refused him. You're looking at him because he looks the part, but I know he's not the part. I have refused him. And the reason why you don't understand this, Samuel, because look at the end of verse 7. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance. But the Lord looketh on the heart. That's what you don't understand, Samuel. And so the subject of this series that I'm starting today, and I'll go as far as I can, is character matters. Everybody say with me, character matters. I, got, I got, really got to recall this character still matters, but it, character matters. The reason why I would even want to say still matters is because I believe there was a time when people were more concerned about character than they are now. I was just saying to my son in between services, I was taught, and women don't get offended by this um, when I say this, but I was taught as a young minister, I just couldn't marry somebody because they were cute and pretty, had a nice shape. She needs to be preacher's material. She needs to be pastor's material. I know some of y'all don't understand that concept. But what it meant was, I know you like her, but she may not be good for the church. And that's true. Today, preachers don't care. They don't care. There was a time women in the church could look to the pastor's wife and say, that's the kind of woman I want to be. Y'all know that's what, true women. A woman of grace. A woman knows how to handle herself. Okay. Pastor Marcia, she had to work on it because there were times she would take the earrings off. She didn't do it. No, she took them off, but she didn't take the next step after she thanked God. God intervened. We had only been passing about a year or two, so she wasn't entrenched in this yet. Back then, she would take the, she took those, that woman started yelling at me and called me a, a lion in prophet and not Negro. <laughs> and she started yelling at me, and Pastor Mark said, what, what's going on in here? I said, baby, hold up. I can handle this. I'm from Newark. But there was a time, so I was taught, I want you to understand the big picture. I was taught that as a young minister who's going to be a pastor, that the wife I have needs to also, even if she's not called to preach, be one who could accompany me and help me in ministry. I can't be a preacher of the word, okay, marrying a stripper and expect her to be an image for the women in the church. Y'all understand? I'd use that as an extreme because y'all look at me like y'all understand what I'm saying. But today, I don't think that's criteria for preachers. 
They may go for popularity. They may go for the big butt, tight dresses, big lips, whatever you like. And we're looking externally. And God tells Samuel, I need you before you choose this next king, I need you to think a little deeper and go a little deeper and don't just go by what you see. God told Samuel, don't be superficial. Don't be so shallow. Don't be prejudiced, which means to prejudge. Let me go with another concept I came up between services. Don't just look for eye candy. Now, everybody knows you can't live off candy. Everybody knows candy is not nutritious. It just feels good for the moment while you're eating it. You can't live off candy. Brothers, why are you just looking to marry our candy? You got to live with this candy. You got to live with this candy. Even, y'all ever used to have the Christmas candy? And even the Christmas candy would stay around too long, get too hard. It started off good. This, even the candy ain't fresh no more. You can't just look for candy. You got to look for nutrition. <laughs> Something that can sustain you. And y'all, I, I have a concern for the church today. In society, we have something called pop culture. Okay? And then in, among, there's pop culture, and, and then there's even a subcarrier, there's urban culture. Okay? My, uh, I almost was getting frustrated with my cousin who was here a couple weeks ago from Maine. Her father was my uncle, my father's brother, black. He didn't know it, though. He didn't know it. <laughs> he didn't know it. <laughs> And his wife was a French-Canadian woman. So my, my cousin's biracial. And so I, she came down here. And, and I met her when she was 12 years old because her mother, a white French-Canadian woman, brought her down to New Jersey because she had met me and wanted her daughter to meet me. She wanted her daughter to know her African-American black side of the family. And, and so she brought her, brought her to meet me. And uh, I, I took I spent time when that week took the Statue of Liberty, took New York, and and, and so uh, that's my cousin. And so she came, I started, I found myself getting frustrated with her because uh, I would mention black stuff. I said I said I can't take away your black card because you don't have no black card. I was just, I, I said I'm just trying to give you. I can't give you the deck. I'm trying to give you a piece of card. She, she, no, really. She, and, and it's because of her background growing up in Maine. She knew nothing. And, and I found myself, I said, I can't, I can't, she doesn't know anything about this culture. Okay? Um, even there. And so I mentioned HBCU. She didn't know what HBCU was. Okay? And she said, I know one of Dementia Hillman. I said, that ain't real. <laughs> okay? Um, and so it's just certain things she had not been exposed. So, so we have pop culture. If, you, if you're part of pop culture, certain names you just may know. You may know um, Ben Affleck and you know J-Lo. That's part of black. You know, everybody in pop, you know they just got back together. 
okay? If you're part of pop culture, you know that, 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 uh, uh, um, that, that Kim Ye is no more. Somebody said, what's Kim Ye? That was Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian and Kanye. They was a couple. So people call them Kim Ye. They ain't together. No. Pop culture. So if you knew that Kanye was married to Kim Kardashian. Okay, that's pop, that's pop culture. But then, then there's urban culture. Now, y'all, I don't even know urban culture. Y'all been mentioning these rappers. I ain't never heard of them. My kids would say, you know, I said, no, I ain't never heard of them. I ain't never heard of Lil Jeezy. Or whoever they, whatever they, I said, no, I don't know about that. So we got pop culture, and, if, and, and some people act like, you don't know who so-and-so is. What's wrong with you? The way I was acting about my cousin. You don't know? Because, but you're familiar with that culture. Pop culture, urban culture. You know, we got certain words. Uh, it, it showed up in our family, in our family chat today, um, the word ratio. I know the word ratio, but ratio got new meaning now. Ratio now means when, you, when, the, when the reply to the tweet get more shares than the original tweet did or likes it. See, that's ratio. See, something you just found out something today. Aren't you glad it came right direction? I got ratio. Got more replies to the tweet than the original sender of the tweet. Okay? And so we got all these things. What y'all don't realize, we got a Christian pop culture too. People think because they don't know your name, you're nobody. People think because you're not on a platform with someone, 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 so you're no one. Someone said to my daughter-in-law, who's an attorney, of course, they've been, I don't know how long they've been married, but she's been here close to 10 years now. But someone said to her when she first came to, 10, came to Columbia and was working in law, and somebody said, oh, you, oh, you know so-and-so? You don't know so-and-so? You don't know so-and-so? You don't know and, and, and the assumption was, if you don't know these people, then you're really no one. And we got this thing going on in church. You think that you know everybody. You think if somebody's not, name is not in life, they're not on somebody's platform, that they're not significant. We got a church pop culture. And people want to be in the pop culture. They want to rub elbows with people. They want to be on platforms with people. They want to be in the rooms with people, all based upon superficial popularity. And superficiality, y'all, it has to do with, it has a lack of thoroughness without deep thought. Superficiality uh, is, it values the external over the internal. Even though the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 4.18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are what? Are temporal, temporal, temporal. You, you try to judge based upon what you see, that's only temporary. I have a concern for my life and my ministry. I want to, the Bible says, he that doeth the will of God lasts forever. That's why I was taught, I said, um, uh, in teaching about integrity, I, I used a subject, I said, integrity produces longevity. I don't want to be a has-been. I don't want to be a one-hit wonder, a one-conference wonder, a one-season wonder. Come on, I believe what God does, he does forever. I believe the Lord wants to increase you more and more, you and your children. I don't want people, I don't want people to say, man, back in the day, Bishop Bailey had it going on. Back in the day, Right Direction Church. Back in the day, they was this and back. No, 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 no. I believe that God's blessing can remain on your life. 
Oh, my God. I remember I got excited years ago. I was reading Psalms 1 and 1. And I got excited and I received that and confessed that over my life. The Bible says, Blessed man walk not the counsel of God, nor sin is scornful, nor delight in the way of sinners, but in the law of the Lord does he dedicate, does he meditate day and night? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He shall bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither. I got excited about that part. His leaf shall not wither. His leaf what? Shall not. I don't have to have withering leaves. Now, a season, everybody knows naturally that leaves wither. But the Bible tells me if I meditate on the word, if I please him, my leaf does not have to wither. I can be thriving all year long. I can be growing all my life long. I, I'm, so I'm not, I'm not, everybody say no withering season, no withering season, no withering. My leaf ain't going to wither. I'm not going to be up and down and almost level to the ground. And, and No, 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 no. I'm going to prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. I'm going to be steadfast, unmovable. Here we go. Always abounding. Always abounding in the word of the Lord. I know my labor is not in vain. But if all you do is judge everything based upon popularity and, and pop culture and Christian pop culture and superficiality, stuff is just going to be, it'll be here today and gone tomorrow. Music changes. Fashions change. Uh, some, some kind of way I was thinking about this. See, I told you all we had to decorate and move to a new house. We had to go all new furniture and decorate. I wanted to get to, she said, and, and happened to be an Asian woman. English a second language, and she 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 wanted you to complete sentence. I said, I want to get she said, not right. I said, we'll put this tape. No, not right. I said, we'll get these lamps. Not right. Now finally, I said, listen, you don't tell me what's right. I'm paying. It's right if I say it's right. There was a time if somebody had holes in their jeans, we could say, not right. It's right today. Some people look at it, what's wrong with you? Why don't you have no holes in your jeans? They must be cheap jeans. Because, you know, you pay extra for less material now. That's how they, they convince you all to do that. They cut it up, put holes in it, and then charge $200 more than Levi. And you're falling, falling for that. You need to get yourself a cheap pair of Levi's and cut them up yourself. <laughs> Somebody I never thought of that. But why? Because fashions change. Fashions change. Okay? There was times when, 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 when women, it was fashionable to have your dresses down here. Then it's fashionable to have them up to here. I mean, it, it all changes. Okay? I, I, I think about it, this suit, is, even though it's a custom suit, it's, it's a custom suit. Is, is, is this one you got my, that's not, I got my cleaner tag on here. It's a custom suit. Let me see. This, they, they got my name wrong. Okay, they got my name right in this one. Um, what, what does the other one say? They have my name wrong? It says Pastor Herbert Bailey, but the other one said, um, it said uh, Pastor Herbert Daly. <laughs> they have my suit wrong, okay? But, but if I was getting this done today, it got to look, it got to look like it's my little son's suit. I got, I got one or two, I'm preaching them because, because my belly don't cooperate with those suits. 
couple years ago, Bishop Jakes sent, he said, he, really, this is the kind of person Bishop Jakes is. One of his, his tailor calls me and says, I want to come to town and see Bishop Jakes wants to, want to give you a suit. So I, I said, really? I said, got to be a catch. Meets me, in the office comes, measures my suit, measures my suit. He, I just picked out the material. And I've worn a suit, it's really a nice suit. Okay, Bishop Jake, just, just to say thank you for, and uh, flew him from Dallas. Me, I think, was one other pastor in the area. He asked me, he said, how far is so-and-so from here? And I told him, so me and another pastor, he flew here. And, and I got the suit, the suit like this. Okay, y'all watch Lester Holt on TV? The NBC News? Y'all know his suit like this? Y'all didn't notice. That's the style now, like this. Now, I got cuffs on my, on my you know, went, no cuffs now. Now you wear them like this. Now, when I was a kid, this was called high waters. Y'all remember that? And we, we used to joke, said, man, there's a flood outside. Y'all remember that? Okay. And, and now they're now they tighter. Y'all know I try to wear the tight jeans every now and then. Then I almost can't make it through a message. I feel like I'm about to faint. Because my blood's not circulating. See, pop culture don't last. Superficial stuff is always going, and as and long, and long as you're trying to keep up with it, you always got to be changing. That's why there got to be a standard for asking what is right and what is wrong. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. The integrity of the upright shall preserve them. But as long as you're trying to keep up with the world, okay, now this is, this is, the, this is, this is the standard now, and that's the standard now. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I know what the world says. I'm still going to stick with the word. I ain't going to be mean and nasty to you about it if you want to go along with the world. I'm still going to stick with what the word says, what the word says about marriage, what the word says about sexual identity. Y'all don't like me. What the word says about, about marriage being honorable. It didn't say shackers being honorable. What the word says about some things, even if you're not doing nothing, just don't do it because it don't look, it looks like you're doing something. The Bible says stuff like this. Shun the very appearance of evil. In other words, that don't look right. Look at your neighbor and say, that don't look right. That don't. I got, I got concerned this when, when, when my, I got concerned when my, uh, my cousin was in town. I had just got finished preaching. I don't ride with another woman in my car. I said, Lord, my cousin ain't in town. Jim. I said, Lord, I said, it's going to be weird if I say, you got to get in the back. <laughs> okay? Uh, because I'm conscious of those, of those things. I, I deliberately posted with me and my cousin at the game. Because somebody's going to say, you know, I saw him. He was telling me, I saw him at the game. So I put, with my cousin from me at the Gamecock game. So I, I'm concerned about those, but I know today's culture doesn't deal with any of that. At some point, you got to get your values from the word. But superficiality values the external over the internal. It values the surface over the depth. 1 Corinthians 2 and 10 tells us, but God reveals things to us by his spirit, and the spirit searcheth the deep things. Sometimes you got to go deeper. You got to go deep. You got to go beyond what things look like and what it feels like and what other people. You got to go deeper. Look, somebody say, go deeper, go deeper. 
you got to go deeper. Now, I'm just going to put this out here again. It is recommended, it's recommended that before you marry somebody, you know them at least two years. That ain't Bible. Being led by the Spirit, I, I get that, all that. But all the natural thing, the social scientists, the psych, the the the, the, social, the social scientists, the psychologists say you need to know somebody at least two years before you marry them. You can you can count. So day first day, you can put it on your calendar. Day one, <laughs> I got seven hundred. <laughs> recommended. Know why? Because when you first start dating somebody, you don't know them. You know their representative. I heard John Hagee say one time, he said, he said, when people start dating you, they send their, rep they send their representative. He said, the beast is at home waiting to get out. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Most of y'all, okay, I'm, I'm going to go a little, I'm just going to go real simple here. Most of y'all, you never heard your spouse pass gas while you were dating. I guarantee you they did. They were holding it till they got married. Then all of a sudden you're like, is that you? And sometimes you think, if I knew you smelled like that, I wouldn't have married you. There's certain things you don't do while you're dating. Y'all understood that, didn't you? That was real simple. <laughs> you, certain things, why? Because you're trying to put your best foot forward. You got to know each other long enough to get real comfortable. I, then I tell people long-distance relationship, sometimes the longer the distance relationship is, it needs to be longer. Because in real marriage, you argue. And you might fight. I mean, you have disagreement. And you got to live with each other day by day. And sometimes, until you spend enough time with people, you don't know. You, people got to get comfortable enough to be themselves. He says, man looks at the outprint, God looks at the heart. God, God looks at the heart. The grass can always look green on the other side, y'all. And then you get over there and find this ain't even grass. It's after dirt. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.